Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. We're back for more. We got power rankings because we just can't get enough of putting numerical definitions around people. It's like we hang it around their neck and beg them to wear it. That's, I mean, they, they can wear it or not wear it. It's true. If we say it, it's true. That's, so, if I know anything, Daniel. It's, that's all the facts that I'm interested in is... Listen, My opinion. We, <laughs> thus saith the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. And Which you are part of. Congratulations for finding us. Daniel and I are going to give hot takes on a lot of things, mostly about UGA, but we'll sprinkle in, you know, least annoying fan bases, most annoying fan bases. Here's looking at you, Gainesville. How you doing? Um, How you doing? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Gosh, it would be amazing if uh, Florida fan listened to us, Daniel. I would find that a badge of honor. I really, really would. Uh, it's not happening. It, no. No. Listen, no. this is... We do our best to run those types of people off. I've said... I've actively said on this podcast before, <laughs> and I'll continue to say it. If you're not a Georgia fan, hang up the phone right now. Get, like, just get out. Cut it off. Leave. Leave now. This is a family matter. This you're is not fa- it. We're having a discussion right now. Okay. Okay. You're not one of us. Get out. <laughs> uh, so if you like The Godfather and like being a fan of UGA, then you found the right spot. Because on the Locked On right. Podcast Network, uh, we are the Locked On Bulldogs. Daniel and I love talking fandom, and we're great at it. We are experts at being fandom, but we're not insiders at much else. That's right. This, that's what this podcast is all about. It's two Georgia fans having a conversation with a bunch more Georgia fans about Georgia fan stuff. We talk about things... Um, Unfiltered, we give our thoughts, we give our opinions. Um, we're not interested in tiptoeing around any issues. Uh, we're just fans. We're talking about stuff the way the fans talk about it. Um, and we want to talk about the stuff that you want to talk about. And so uh, let us know. What do you want to hear more of on the show? What do you want to hear um, that we're not talking about? So you can email us at lockdownbulldogs at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Dogs Podcast. We'd love for you to join in this conversation. Uh, give your thoughts and opinions, your takes on our takes, and all of that good stuff. Um, uh, as always, if you're new to the show, thank you. If you click that subscribe button, that helps us out a bunch. We really do appreciate do it. Do it right now. Um, as, as he's saying it, just go do it. Just go ahead and open the podcast app. Click the subscribe button. It helps us out a tremendous amount. If you really like the show, you go an extra, take an extra five seconds out of your life and give us a rating. If you really, really like the show, you take an extra five seconds out of your life and type five words into a review and just post a review. And if you really like the show, buy a cat. Go to the pet store, buy a cat. Get an extra phone. Adopt it. Sorry. Go to the Humane Society. Adopt a cat. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Bob Barker of podcasts. We're the Bob Barker of podcasts. The second time that (laughs) reference has been made on this podcast, which if if you had the over, it was over under 1.5, Bob Barker. Podcast ref of podcasting references. Then congratulations, your ticket just cashed. <laughs> Take it to the window. And you, collect. By the way, this is this is how depraved Dale. We we would we would take a bet on that. Like Daniel immediately, <laughs> immediately, my our mind goes to betting, gambling. Where we just immediately start thinking of all the degenerates out there going, man, I wish I could have gotten money in on over. 1.5 Bob Barker podcast references. <laughs> um, uh, 
<clears throat> that was it was it was on the way to being a cat <laughs> subscription joke, but now I don't I don't even feel like that needs to You're good. that it needs just to finished. finished. Yeah, we finished that. Um, uh, we're here Monday through Friday. Today is Thursday. The week is coming to a close, but we've got lots more to talk about. We are talking about the outside linebacker position group, the pass rushers, the edge, whatever you want to call them. They're, they play on the defensive line. They play in the linebacking slot. They play with their hand on the ground. They play in a two-point stance. You don't know what they're going to do, uh, except they're going to sack the quarterback. They're going to come after the opposing quarterback, yes. Clint. Um, uh, <clears throat> this is a list. Okay. Oh, gosh, let's let's do it. Okay. Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson, Robert Beal, still on the team, by the way. Still here. I don't know unless something's happened since we started the recording. It could Nothing be that I he's know. transferred. Could be that he's transferred any any time now. But he's still on the team. Adam Anderson, um, <clears throat> the new guy Sherman. The true freshman. Aziz, Ojolari, Walter Grant. Um, Clint, what stands out to you? We ask the same question every day. When you look at this list, what stands out? What jumps off the page? Uh, Daniel, this stands off, leaps off the page to me. This might be our best position group we have on this team. Yep. Look, Preach. Look at it. I mean, we call it edge depth because, to your point, you're going to tell me Nolan Smith is an outside linebacker? No, because watch him take on a tackle in classic three-point stance and get after it. Yep. Just some watch. sort of a some sort of a stunt that they run up front where he loops inside and he hits a guard just absolutely square in the jawbone and then it's lights out. It's gone. For, that it's, that dude remembers the next day, not that day. Okay, <laughs> not uh, that watch day. him watch him drop out in the flat and cover running back, <clears throat> cover a tight end, cover wide receiver on a screen. Uh, no, these watch t- him chase down a quarterback who's <sighs> running towards the sidelines. Ooh. Good night. Good night. This edge depth. That's why we call him edge. We're not going to call him anything else. It's insane the skill that is here. This is the best position group we have on this roster, hands down. It's fear. Fear jumps off the page at me, Clint. It is. This is a fearsome. This is a fearsome squad of men. Is what we have right here. Um. It is not the deepest position Mm-mm. group that we have, but it is the most talented. It is the mo- like. This is just some freaks. Walter Grant's the least talented person, maybe, on this. You could start Walter Grant against Virginia. I'd be thrilled. I'd be I'd fine be happy. with it. Mm-hmm. Be fine with it. Um, it's a lot of talent here. We're going to talk about who we believe is going to stand out, um, who's going to make a name for themselves. We're going to give a ranking for this position group coming up in just a minute. All right, same questions we ask uh, the other position group rankings. Let's ask here as well, Daniel. Uh, who are the key contributors, the guys that are going to define this group this year from this edge position group? Well, it's Nolan Smith. It's Aziz Ojolari. I think that, like, let's just get it. Let's get it right out in the open, right from the beginning. I don't know who's better, Clint. Who's better? Nolan Smith or Aziz Ojolari right now? 
you know what? I was. It was so funny. You, we were going on about Nolan Smith, and the whole time I wanted to say Nolan Smith might have the highest ceiling, the biggest ceiling out of this group. But the highest graded player is Aziz Ojolari, and it's not even close. Like he is yeah, performing right, right now. Right he's now be- best. He's better. Oh yeah. I think we hope by the end of the year, maybe Nolan Smith is going to make that jump as a sophomore. Again, spring practice has not even started yet. But based on what we saw last year. Man, these are just two bad men, though. Quite. You put them on either side of the line of scrimmage, I just don't know what you're going to... Like, it's just it's, it's bad news. It is a bad news situation. Um, it, Is there anyone else that you're going to put in that key contributor category? Like, a lock to be a key contributor on this team, Clint? Other than those two guys. I, I can't right now as a lock. I can't do it. I want to add Beal into it. I really do. I was high on him coming as a freshman in that recruiting cycle. I was really excited about him. I can't do it right now. But Aziz and Nolan Smith, uh, you give me third and ten, and you give me three seconds, one of those cats is getting to a quarterback and in a hurry. Uh, I don't see anybody else being key contributors where I can lock them up and say, absolutely, hands down. Um, By the end of the year, maybe Beal, maybe Sherman comes on like Nolan did last year. Maybe Jermaine Johnson shows himself to be a wily vet and and gets in, kind of has a renaissance like uh, like we saw Tyler Clark have uh, this past year, uh, possibly, but no, those two are it. Um... This is I've got some fascinating things to talk to you about here. Uh, all right, well, then real quick, before we move off of Aziz Ojolari and Nolan Smith, last year Aziz Ojolari led the team and the outside backers slash edge players in in sacks. He had five and a half on the season. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith finished second of the edge players the players that we just mentioned, <clears throat> with two and a half sacks. Adam Anderson also had, had two sacks. Uh, Jermaine Johnson had a one and a half sacks. Walter Grant had one sack. So, Clint, Aziz Ojolari, Aziz Ojolari Nolan Smith, over under, ten and a half sacks combined this year. How could you not take the over? How can you not take the over on that? Well, the only way that I know of to not take the over is to pay attention to Georgia football anytime recently. Because that's the only sacks, way I know. Sacks because, are a stat that get up there quite a bit. Because the second. Leading sack getter in 2019 had two and a half sacks. Right. In 2018, the second leading sack getter had two sacks. <laughs> two. The last time Georgia had two players combine for over ten and a half sacks in a season was in 2017, and their names were Roquan Smith and DeAndre Walker. Oh, my. Uh, 
or Roquan Smith and Davin Bellamy. Georgia had actually three players with over five sacks, and Lorenzo Carter had four and a half that year. Yeah. Uh, yep. <clears throat> but 2018, 2019, such has not been the case. I think college football is changing. Mm-hmm. I think the way that you we are playing defense is changing. Um, and so I don't know. What, what's your prediction for each guy then? Yeah. Give me, give me a number. I mean, we do this every single year, Daniel and I, between ourselves. And this last year, we were woefully behind on predicting sacks for these, for last year's defense and these players. Uh, we we heightened it too much. I think Aziz continues to lead this team in sacks, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go four, four sacks on the year for Aziz. Just to be clear, you took the over on ten and a half combined. I, well, I said, how can you not? I wasn't, okay. I wasn't actually taking the over. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now I'm actually speaking rationally. Four sides for Aziz. So down from five and a half. I think it's going to be down because I think as a whole, I, Nolan might have the same exact. They might tie for the league or for the team lead in sacks. Three and a half, four, three, somewhere around that. Uh, but I think a number of other guys, uh, watch out tr- for Trayvon, Jordan Davis getting in there blitzing a little bit more so probably three for nolan i got him at five and four and a half and i got nolan smith edging out for the team lead in sacks at five i think yeah i so nolan smith's bull rush just scares me a lot more than aziz's Mm -hmm. does and so i think Mm -hmm. nolan smith's just got kind of one more weapon in the bag that he can play with uh, than Aziz does. And so I think, again, to your point, the ceiling is just really high. The, the Nolan, Nolan Smith takes the approach of the quickest distance between two points is a straight line. Correct. So I'm going to take you there with me, offensive tackle, offensive Let's guard. Let's go for a ride. Let's go for a ride. Uh, freshman impact player is the next category on the list. Clint, sure. there's not, there's not a lot to choose from. There's Sherman. And the list ends. We recruited one uh, outside linebacker. His name is Mikhail Sherman. Have we talked about him on the podcast yet, Clint? I don't Quite recall. <laughs> nope. Lots of lots of words have been said about him. Any of those words worth repeating uh, at this at this juncture you, of the podcast? Would you like to repeat them? Because I I don't. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. I think. Let me just say. That um, Mikhail Sherman will have multiple sacks on the year. Okay. Let me say that Mikhail Sherman will be a uh, consistent rotational player all season. Uh huh. Mikhail Sherman will take defensive snaps in every game this season. That is my prediction for Mikhail Sherman. He will not not special teams. He will take defensive snaps in the Virginia game and every subsequent game thereafter. And that will not be the case for everyone else on that list. Oh, you. Oh. Oh, there, Daniel. There are players on that list that will not take defensive snaps in every game. Would you want me to tell you who I think it is? I, I'm begging you to. It's Beal. Robert Beal will not take defensive snaps in every game this yeah, season. Yeah, I know. I, Clint, again, what if I what if I asked you 
Who had more tackles on the year? Robert Beal or Nate McBride? Stop. I, okay, you got to. Okay, look. Look. You can't. Punt coverage and kickoff team need not apply here. Okay. What if I told you that Nate McBride had five times the number of solo tackles <laughs> that Robert Beal had? Was it five to one? It was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but five <laughs> times more. Sure. What if I told you that Clay Webb? Oh, no. The center. Oh, no. <laughs> the offensive lineman on punt cover had more tackles than Robert Beal did. Okay, it's not it's not looking good, but there's seven. Okay, so let's let's shrink this list down to six. If we're taking Beal out for just a moment, there are six players on this list for two positions at a at a position that rotates out quite Rotation a bit. Rotation is a premium, yeah. It's a premium here, okay? Kirby likes them fresh, likes them coming in hot, likes packages. Dan Lanning and him have gotten this dialed in. Six guys, and, and it is six. I mean, that's the list. They're going to get play a lot, Daniel. All these guys sure. are going to contribute. Um, we already said Adam Anderson might be playing a little inside bit inside backer. as well. That's right. That's right. Okay, who makes who arises and makes a name for himself out of this group? We're looking back on it. We say that's the cat that really made this this whole engine go. This well, I'm not sure if you say that made the whole engine go, but I, I'm going to take this the same way that I took it for when we were talking about the offensive line, and I'm going to tell you the player that I think is going to emerge and find their name being called in the NFL draft next year. I like that. And his name and his name is Jermaine Johnson. I think Jermaine Johnson is going to go ahead, second year in Athens, second year in the system under Kirby and Lanning. I think Jermaine Johnson is going to find a role. He's going to find a niche. He had 20 tackles, 20 total tackles last year. He had one and a half sacks, two tackles for a loss. I think Jermaine Johnson is going to get more playing time. And I think he's going to uh, find himself as a key contrib- with a key contributing role on this team. Uh, I hinted at this before. I expect a Tyler Clark-esque renaissance for Jermaine Johnson. Okay, Tyler Clark last year came out like a like a ball out of a cannon. Daniel, he just said, "I'm here. I'm going to exert my dominance. I'm the upperclassman." Here I am. And I don't think Jermaine Johnson's going to have as good of a season as Clark, Tyler Clark did because he had a good season by all measures last year. Uh, just great season. The same type of renaissance is going to happen from the Wiley vet on this in this position group, uh, and I like him as well. A, a name to watch out for as well, another vet, Walter Grant. Just There's too much rumblings around this cat to, to dismiss him. I think it's easy looking at Aziz and Nolan and the skill there, but Walter Grant could make himself a pretty good edge, setting the edge against Rush, especially uh, player. Absolutely. Uh, no, I like that. I like okay. That. 1 to 100, rank this group. I, we just said it's the best position group on this team, Daniel, so it should be high. It's going to be high. I think it's a I think it's a 95. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right there at 95. Uh, I think you're going to find all my defensive position group rankings are going to be lower than yours <laughs> because we yep. haven't we'll get into this but I am I'm working diligently 
to temper my expectations for the defense this year because there is, listen to me, Georgia fans, no way that the way you're talking right now, this defense cannot disappoint you this year. Uh, May I direct your attention to last year's offensive line? Hello. Thank you. Very much. Yeah, no, uh, you're right, Daniel. Uh, so 95, on... 95 is an elite unit, uh-huh. and uh, that's what this unit is. I cannot wait to watch them. Uh, 96 is my number for them. So uh, where I was blowing past you on the inside linebacker rating, I am steadily pacing you just, just a click ahead, not too much, 96. Because you're right, uh, last year's group was historic. This year's group, you just it can't help. I mean, if they're better than last year's group, my gosh, we're spoiled. We are just spoiled to to death with the skill and what Kirby's doing. Uh, 96, I can't put him any higher than that. because uh, Now, at the end of the year, you want to talk to me about Nolan Smith maybe elevating this group to a 98? M- maybe. Maybe he can do it single-handedly if he shows out like we think he can. Uh, that does it for the edge defenders. We're going to come back and do some power rankings on SEC coaches. All right, Daniel. SEC coaches. Uh, there's only one great one, and and he happens to coach roaming the sidelines between the hedges down in Athens. Mm-hmm. So there's only uh, one really worth talking about at all. That's true. But but apparently we're going to talk about more. Well, I uh, guess I guess we're going to talk about it because here's the deal. As much as we hate coaches in the SEC, you got to admit, okay? I I mean LSU wins a natty. Uh, you going to sit here and tell me that Coach O can't coach? Now, I'm not saying he's the best coach in the nation. I'm, I'm just saying he can't coach is a, is a lie. He can. Okay? He absolutely can. He won sure. a national championship. Sure. So what Daniel and I are going to talk about is, and now this could be subjective. We're going to, you're going to use a term here, all right? And this term might ruffle some feathers, and I apologize. But who are your favorite coaches in the SEC not named Kirby Smart? And I use the term favorite because we got some wild characters in the SEC, Daniel. We do. And I like the fact that you're opening up the criteria that I may use uh-huh. for this uh-huh. by saying favorite. Because someone Correct. can be my favorite for a lot of reasons. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like, like Darth Vader, one of my favorite characters in... It doesn't necessarily mean I'm cheering for him. Right, exactly. Great character. Really enjoy watching him. Really adds to the story. Sure. Favorite SEC coaches not named Kirby Smart. Right. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to give you uh, number three. I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to go okay. number three. Okay. Dan Mullen. Just just kidding. <laughs> sorry. I, revolt sorry. has set out. There are there are cur- cars currently being lit on fire right now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. We're not, we're not we're going not to do that. that. We're not going to do that. Number three favorite coach in the SEC is the aforementioned Ed Orgeron. Hmm. Do I think he's good at coaching football? Nope. No, I do not. Don't care what he won or who he hired to win it for him. Joe Burrow being the first name that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh... Ed Orgeron is my third favorite coach in the SEC for one reason and one reason alone. The man's a national treasure. He is. Okay. 
There should be an entire wing of the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. dedicated to nothing but um, Ed Orgeron video and audio that you just get to consume as much of as you want. Um, He is everything that I love about college football and just a straight-up homer head coach who is not professional, who has no thought of decorum or class. Does it remind you of anyone? Clint, I was just going to say we're talking about he could he can come on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast anytime he wants. Anytime you want, <laughs> Coach O, you come on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. We'd love to have you. Uh, Ed Orgeron, my number three. Uh, here's number three for me, and it's because he is a caricature of all football players that are defensive minded. It's because he nearly ran across the field and backhanded Dan Mullen. And that no, is Derek. Back- oh, he wasn't using the back of that damn hand. No, Let me was- tell you that right now. He was Derek- not. Derek Mason was going to absolutely pile drive Dan Mullen into the ground, and Dan would have broken in half. As he I've had- never seen two grown men not in a professional wrestling context perform the suplex on one another, but I believe that was the closest that we've ever gotten to. Derek Mason actually performing a legitimate suplex on Dan Mullen. You thought Dan Mullen was a tryhard, and then you realized all those jokes of the, like, hold me back, man, as you grab somebody's hand and put it on your chest. You thought that was a joke until you saw you saw Dan actually do that on the sideline. Because Derek Mason was about to break that boy off in a bad way. Uh, and I just love the caricature. He, he looks and embodies... You, you take a look at Derek Mason, and you know everything you need to know about him. There's there's no mystery with this cat, all right? It, 100%. He's a caricature. And I love it. 100%. Um, it's tough. It's tough to know where to go next. But, I, but I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, I debated switching these two around, but I think especially since you just gave him out, uh, Derek Mason I, is my number two on my list. And um, do I enjoy the fact that he wears what appears to be a Matt Rule-esque vest, like athletic vest during the games? No, I do not. No, I don't enjoy that whatsoever. But I do enjoy <laughs> that he looks like he competes in practice without pads or a helmet against his current players. He don't need that. That ain't, and, that ain't something he's interested in. And just keep in mind, it's Vanderbilt, so he probably whips them oh. on the regular. Oh, for sure. In, like in that practice environment. Uh, Derek Mason, do you remember um, Florida's head coach before Urban Meyer? Uh, what was that cat's name? McElwain. No, no, no. He was after Urban Meyer. Uh, before oh, Urban Meyer. Um, uh, 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 Ron Zook. I knew it Zook. started with a yeah. Z. Yeah. Ron Zook. Um, Ron Zook, there's, there's like reports that like went around. Like Ron Zook used to take players' helmets away from them in practice and uh-huh. smash them against his own head until he bled in yeah. practice. Uh, that's, that's Derek Mason right, that like right there. Uh, and so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Derek Mason, number two on my list. Um, 
That's fantastic, Daniel. And and I'm going to go number two on my list for no other reason than I, he's the antagonist. He is the Darth Vader type person. And I love every moment that he is still allowed to have a job. How this man has a job back in the SCC, I'll never understand. So he proves to me the rule that sliminess and backstabbing are more important than hard work and dedication. And it Lane Kiffin... Kids. Lane Kiffin, God bless you in all the cheeseburgers you've consumed since you left Florida Atlantic and Ooh. you came up uh, uh, to Ole it's Miss. A so- it's a solid 20 pounds that we're looking at here. Minimum. Like, minimum. I mean, we thought the Red Solo Cub didn't get far from Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> until Lane said, I'm here. <laughs> I'll be here. Can I have another donut? To go Can with I it. Listen, I can't believe you put Lane Kiffin in any list. 100%. 100%. And it's for no other reason than it is like watching. I, I had this friend uh, in college that was like wicked smart. The kid was just smarter than anybody else. And he would just walk up to people and start a conversation he knew would get people antagonized. And then he would leave the circle and just sit back and watch them eat each other mm-hmm. like at their throat. That is Lane Kiffin, and I'm all for it because it means that he's going to do that to other people, not name Georgia in the SEC, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I'm all for watching them eat each other. Now I'm going to go for my number one favorite coach in the SEC. I'm going to go in a different direction. I went with kind of caricatures for the first two. There are several coaches in the SEC that that were they fired immediately from their current positions. Uh Uh-huh that I would advocate for Kirby Smart hiring a la Matt Luke, whom <laughs> this literally just happened for. Yes, yes. Okay? So there are many. I would take Jeremy Pruitt back as an assistant. No question about it. 100%. I would take Will Muschamp as an assistant. Yeah. No question about it. Absolutely. And Will Muschamp almost made my list, by the way. Uh, but the coach I'm going to give you is is it's got to be I think probably the biggest wild card of that list. But somebody that I would love to have as an assistant in Athens, and his name is Mark Stoops from the University of Kentucky. I got a ton of respect for this guy, Mark Stoops. Listen, Kentucky is a trash football program. It is an absolute trash football program and Mark Stoops year in and year out gets players in there and they compete and they win games it was not long ago that it was like an argument every year who the worst team in the SEC East was was it going to be Kentucky or Vanderbilt listen now Kentucky's not the worst team in the SEC East nor are they the second worst team in the SEC East nor are they the third worst team in the SEC East Hell, last year, Kentucky was the second-best team in the SEC East. I don't care how many games Florida tells you they won. They were the third-place team in the East. Kentucky Uh, had that game wrapped up. How they lost it, just, gosh. Unbelievable. Mark Stoops, year in and year out, gets it done. Uh, And I would love to have this guy in Athens. He's my favorite coach in the SEC, not named Kirby Smart. Um. My favorite coach in the SEC, uh, not named Curry Smart. It, gosh, Daniel, this 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 pains me to say because Is he it embodies. Jimbo? It's. Oh. <laughs> I, That's, look, 
Look, that's the button I knew I could push. That's look, the one I was waiting for. I, Jimbo, <laughs> you all hate saving, and rightfully so. I hate saving as well. But you tell me there's two sinking ships, one with Jimbo and one with saving on it, and I got to save one. Hey, old coach, how you doing? Come on over here. Roll tie. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Like, I have to save one? Oh, gosh, Jimbo. You're the worst. Uh, no, it, it's, it's must champ, Daniel. I, here's, here's what this cat does, okay? Please tell us. What does, what does this cat do? This cat is just like the, the aforementioned helmet-banging, mullet-wearing, oh. bad X's and O's, but the dude is just out there, and I, I, I don't doubt this, that guy loves his program, loves mm-hmm. his players, mm-hmm. would would kill another person for his players. I don't doubt this whatsoever. He he plays at a joke of a program with a joke of a mascot and a joke of a, a song, much like Stoops at Kentucky. Um, and you know what? He's rattled off a few surprises here and there. And uh, and I got nothing for respect of a guy. I don't think he's a, uh, the best coach, but he's he's somebody I can go. You know what, man? You're you're trying your absolute hardest because you're sold out for your belief, even though it's delusional, even if it's stupid. And you're a caricature, just like you and Derek Mason want to get in ring and box. Sign me up for that charity event. Like, oh, good lord! Sign me up for that charity event. Uh, Two men might it, die. What, what's that? Two men might die oh. in that box. I mean, that's a legitimate, yeah, yeah, Two legitimate double enter, homicide. Right no there, one no one leaves. No one leaves. <laughs> Just uh, one must champ. I, I don't, I don't want you leading my program, but you can sure as heck fire up a bunch of kids to make them convinced you're for them. Uh, and and to that, I tip my cap to you. Listen, nothing about coaching ability whatsoever is involved in this comparison. None. But Will Muschamp gives me a real Bob Knight vibe. It's He's got the well same said. kind of mentality. Uh-huh. Intensity, but also seems to have genuine care and love for his players, but just epic intensity and competitiveness. Uh, grab you by the throat. Doesn't care. Uh, he he gives off a real vibe. I I I respect Will Muschamp. I do as well. Hey, we're gonna be back tomorrow, finishing up a couple more position breakdowns. We're gonna go over tight ends tomorrow. Uh, we got one notable in, uh, newcomer, and then we're gonna get to more power rankings. And this one might be Daniel and I's third favorite thing to talk about. If UGA and betting on UGA is one and two, just get ready for number three. Come on back for that. We'll see you guys Hey-o. tomorrow. See ya.